From Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Julio from Engineer Tax Services. Julio, it's really nice to have you on. Thanks for having me. It's just an honor to be on with you today. Absolutely. Uh, I think we're going to have a really great discussion. So, to kick us off, can you tell me a bit about yourself? So who you are, as well as your company and what you guys do? Yeah, certainly. So first generation immigrant here in the United States, born and raised in South Florida in a Hispanic community and was grateful to extend out to University of Colorado where I got to learn different cultures, different types of people. It was wonderful. And from there, I just started my accounting degree in the early 80s and worked in accounting and then ultimately started my company in 2001 to be a resource to accounting firms nationwide and specialty tax credits, incentives, and grants. And it's just been a wonderful journey. That's amazing. I love it. So in terms of you guys, your company, what do you guys do? Can you tell me a bit about that and the problem you solve, your solution, all that? Yeah, working in accounting in the 80s and working with big accounting firms back then, we worked with Fortune 500 clients and we were always able to help them mitigate taxes. And we did so through a lot of tax credits, grants, tax incentives programs. And I just saw that these incentives, these tax programs were really unavailable to all small businesses and that most accounting firms back then, not the big eight, would not have the resources to bring these type of services and credits and programs to their clients. So the journey for me started in 2001 to be that resource to the accounting community and planes, trains, and automobiles for two decades to educate them on how they can help their clients and how we can be a resource in those areas, such as R&D tax credits, cost segregation, and energy tax credits, a lot of grants associated with small business owners and operators, and all these different resources that we bring to the accounting firms today to help their clients. I love that. Yeah, I know my finance guy does our taxes. He's always like finding different things to do and credits and all that. And it's so important and so valuable. And owning a business myself, I wouldn't even know where to start to find these. So having that is very helpful. Oh, good. I'm glad you say that because a lot of small businesses don't have the resources to invest in an accountant or a financial person, and it's difficult, and they work with their accounting firms. But I think having that resource and being proactive at looking at the, the opportunities out there from a tax perspective, the tax code is really built to help small business owners bring down their taxes through all these incentives. But without having that resource or that investment in those resources, it's difficult to navigate. Absolutely. So how did you decide, hey, I want to do a business in, in, in this uh, industry and you know, this is our, my spot. It sounds like you've been doing this a while. What led to that decision early on to, to operate in this area? I just felt that there was such a distance between big corporations that could take advantage of all these tax incentives and small businesses that didn't have access to it. And I just felt with my accounting background, I could communicate that difference to the accounting firms and help them 
have these resources to help their small business owners because I really think small business owners are the, the heart of our country. And to bring these incentives to them and help them grow and help them grow their communities and help them grow employment in their communities. I just thought that was a vital journey to take and um, a rewarding one. I just felt that it was fit perfect with my heart and what I wanna accomplish. And it's been a fun journey. Absolutely. Let's talk about growing your company. So you've been doing this a while, you have a pretty big organization now. What are the, the tactics and strategies you've used throughout the years to grow the firm? How did that go? And starting from the early days to later on? Yeah, that's been quite a path. I would say that I didn't have uh, a plan, right, to grow. I started it as a one-person shop. So I did the tax work. I did the administration work. I did the accounting. I did the collections. I did everything. And then as the company grew, I would add a salesperson. And as it grew more, I would add another technical person, an accounting person or an engineer. And it just was one person at a time growing. But then once we got over 50 people, we started building up our own capital that we could utilize to scale and to do acquisitions and to invest in bringing more resources to the accounting community. And it's tough when you're a small business owner, entrepreneur, and you start from scratch and you don't really learn about entrepreneurship, at least back in the 80s and late 70s about how to start a business and what you need to do and what are the pitfalls and the obstacles and the hurdles. So you just go by the seat of your pants and you just continue every day to just take a step forward, sometimes take a step back. But then you realize as you mature a little bit that there's other ways to grow. You start interacting with more business owners and that's always helpful. Yeah, it was one person at a time for a decade. And then it was using my capital to start doing some acquisitions and which we continue to do today. Any major lessons learned or things are like, oh, we tried this and it worked great or absolutely avoid this. You're an entrepreneur out there looking to grow your own company. So many lessons. I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned is to have that dedication to the employees, my entrepreneurs, right? I think that coming out of the accounting world, there wasn't much of a culture back then and there wasn't a dedication to the employees. And I guess you just grow up thinking that's how it is. You either earn your way up or earn your way out. And realizing that the vital part of any company is the culture you install for your employees. It's just, like I said, when you start a company, you just don't know about everything. You just work hard and you want everyone else to work hard, but you realize that you have to install a culture that is promoting them, giving them peace, giving them happiness, rewarding them. And that's really what I didn't know then that I know today that we focus on heavily. Because if you have a great employee, you're gonna have a happy client. And those were important lessons. I would say the other lesson is if I make a bad investment, just realize it early, cut the losses and realize that not everything's gonna be a home run. And some investments take a little longer to permit and grow and you have to be patient. And so those have been valuable lessons as well. Absolutely, I love that. So you say on your LinkedIn, the most, you're the most interesting man in tax and you were named one of the top 100 most influential folks in tax and accounting. 
so you, so you have this really big presence that you built up online and quite a bit of attention. How did you decide to do that and, and build up that, that presence? Any learnings there? Obviously, you're very popular on LinkedIn, all that. For those out there that are thinking about a similar strategy, how did that come about to be? I realized that I started the business really going from accounting office to accounting office and meeting people, shaking their hands and trying to create that partnership. But back then we didn't have social media. We didn't really have the internet as it is today. We didn't have that web as it is today. And I realized that as we were maturing as a company that more and more people were learning about taxes through Instagram, LinkedIn, and other types of social media. And I realized that it was really important because at the end of the day, we want to make sure people are getting the message and understanding that there's tax credits and incentives and grants that they need to make their accounting firm aware of to get that help. And much like you do with your team there and that they're always looking out for these incentives, we wanna make sure that those people out there in the social media hemisphere are aware that there's opportunities on the tax credit side, grants, appreciation, other kinds of incentives. And so I just realized it was really important. So we invested a lot of time and effort into creating a presence online. And yeah, it was nice to be rewarded by accounting today as one of the top 100 people in accounting. That's an unexpected reward, uh, but it just tells us and tells me that we're on the right path, that we're helping a lot of accounting firms help their clients. And so I really cherish that. Absolutely. I love it. What's one of the most difficult challenges you've faced in growing this business and how did you overcome it? I think the one most difficult challenge we had was when COVID hit and I realized our country was shutting down and I didn't know what that meant for our business, for our country. And I just went through that process working harder and working on finding ways to continue to expand in a world that was changing. Absolutely. What's one thing you wish you had known like early on in your journey when you became a CEO and were a new CEO that you definitely know now? That being an entrepreneur comes with its hurdles and its battles. And it's like a roller coaster, high one day, low one day. And that just understanding that's the journey you're going to be on and that you have to stay level and not let the lows impact you and not let the highs impact you. Absolutely. Definitely is a, a roller coaster of those lows. Yeah. If you could go back in time and give your younger self a piece of advice, what, what would that advice be? I would give myself the advice that it's so important to be dedicated to your employees and your culture. And that's something I really didn't realize starting the business. And it would be something that I'd be far more dedicated to today. Absolutely. Can you describe a time when you had to pivot strategy? Uh, and how do you make that decision? How do you identify, hey, a pivot needs to take place and how to go? Yeah, I, I would say right after 9-11, I realized that I wasn't going to be able to travel and meet clients and build prospects. And so that's when I started to pivot and use the phone and try to explore the internet and see if we could accomplish the same 
objectives in a new format that obviously continued to evolve. Absolutely. As we wrap up here, what's one piece of advice for all the listeners that you have that you want to close with and any words of wisdom? Yeah, I would say for me, being in this business as an entrepreneur for over 30 years is that be the kindest CEO you can be kind, be selfless and not selfish and be motivated, bring positive energy and just be the best you can be every day for your employees and for the company and for your clients. Absolutely. I love it. Julio, thanks so much for joining the podcast today and sharing all your wisdom and insights. It's much appreciated and I really enjoyed our conversation. I'm grateful. Thank you for having me. I really am. And I appreciate that you get that message out to everyone. And that's the kind of education that can be helpful to all of us. Absolutely. For sure.